Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Kimmy Culp. I'm the host of All the Wiser. You may know that if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) And Erica, my producer, uh, is here with me today. Hey, Erica. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Here we are again on A Little Wiser. Um, today we are going to talk about something and to be honest, I had no idea and, and we've been working together for two years now, um, what a role this has played in your life currently. So we're going to focus on the language of transness and this is rooted in the interview we did last week with Skylar Baylor, who, if you haven't listened, um, was accepted to the Harvard women's swimming team as a female, the women's swimming team, and before starting college, transitioned to a man and was the first NCAA transgender athlete to compete. So he really made history. And the fact that the women's coach and men's coach worked together and and he earned the spot on that team was pretty remarkable. But a lot of stuff... um, came up around language, um, including me, I have to call myself out because I, it's still a learning curve. And I think that this is something that a lot of people are confused about. And a lot of people are even afraid to talk about it because they don't want to say the wrong thing or they don't want to offend somebody or come off as, you know, clueless. So we're going to talk about transgender language and, you know, what we know and what we have to learn But Erica, this is something that you have learned a lot about, not preparing for interviews, but in your life and your family. So will you share with the audience what you shared with me? (laughs) Sure. Um, It's such a weird thing to talk. I haven't talked about this before. So, um, you know, I, I did call my stepson. I have a stepson and his name is Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And Chris is a trans male, and he's 24 years old, and he lives in Miami, Florida. And I officially became his stepmom a few months ago when I got married, as you know. And Chris has now been in my life for many years, and I love him so dearly. He is such a bright spot in my life. And when we did this episode with Skylar, you know, it brought up some questions for me that I had never really talked about with Chris before. Um, Chris and I don't talk about his transness. He's just my stepson and he's just Chris. Um, but you had said something in the interview with Skylar that really kind of planted a seed in my mind, like, I need to talk to Chris about this. And what you said, you probably don't remember this, but you you said something about Skylar's past and referring to um, 
you know, I think you referred to his girlhood or him as a girl. And he corrected you and he said, you know, I was never a girl. And and you and and he explained why that language was incorrect and in referring to his past. And and I felt for you in that moment because I have made similar statements. I was going to say, you're like, you probably don't remember this. I remember it well because I felt like an unprepared asshole. Well, and that's the thing is like, that's, I, I didn't want you to feel that way. I know you, you, that you did feel that way. And I have felt that way, but I didn't want you to feel that way. And you said to Skylar, there is an education to be had. I wrote this down. You said, there's an education to be had but also not on the burden of you or on the shoulders of you. Do you remember saying that? I do remember saying that, yeah. But the, but it it begged the question, who should the burden fall upon? Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I talked with Graham after I did the interview and I was just kind of, it's like so moved by his story and his courage and everything. And he's just so great at sharing it and educating. But I felt a little deflated. Like, man, I kind of messed up or I didn't show up as prepared as I should. I should really get language and, you know, do the research as somebody, you know, who's a trained journalist. Um, and he was like, you got to give yourself some grace. Like there, there's a learning curve, right? This is new language. And like you're at least you know, or not your at least, but you're open to the conversation, you're open to learning, and you're open to sharing on your platform. So I did in hindsight being like, it is a question, because I don't know. I mean, you learn so much more from intimate conversations versus a Google search, like you're just gonna inherently take the information in in a completely different way. So while you don't want to necessarily put somebody in the position where every time they're at a dinner party, they need to give somebody a vocabulary lesson. But I do think for people like Skylar, who are willing to be the educators, if you will, that seems to be like the source of the the best in, information. So I don't know that I have an answer to that. All I know is I did feel bad. I felt insecure. Um and I, and I said that, but it also, I think, is more complicated than I really need to figure this out in my own silo, if that makes sense. Oh, of course. Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And I'm glad, first of all, that was the perfect thing for Graham to have said to you. Um, and we're all making mistakes when it comes to the language around transhood and transness. It's It's new language it's not and it's it's still being created as we speak all of these things are happening right now so we are all figuring it out we're figuring it out together I think the important thing is is when the correction is pointed out to us that we take the correction and we move forward yeah you know, we don't get hung up on the correction. We don't argue with the correction. We don't get irritated or annoyed with the correction. But we just take the correction and we move forward. Yeah. And it has, you know, I think it has a lot of parallels with um, conversation and dialogue 
you know, that came up um, over the summer with Black Lives Matter and the episode we did with my friend Paris. Because um, even on that episode, we talked about white people are freaking confused about black versus African American. And they're afraid to even say it because they don't want to mess it up and look like they're ignorant. And she was really like, had a wonderful answer to that that was very straightforward. Um, but I think is, you know, in in culture as, you know, obviously it's 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 vastly different when we're when we're talking um about LGBTQ. But I think one of the parallels is some of the the specificity around language because I know that was kind of a a thing that has come up in in the past is you want to talk about things and feel informed and educated and open and sometimes you're a little bit frozen in your own fear because you're you're not confident in your language. Yeah, and when I talked to Chris about that and I talked I asked him like do you mind if people ask you questions and he said, you know, if it's my friends and family, absolutely don't I don't mind at all. I'm more than happy to talk about it. Um, you know, I was, I even reached out to him. I said, Hey, can we talk about trans education? And he was like, sure, I'd love to. But what he does mind is random strangers coming up to him and saying, you know, are you, you know, are you a boy or are you, what are you, or have you had the surgery or have you, you know, all kinds of things and all kinds of questions. And of course you don't want, it's a, it's a, it's a sensitive thing to have a stranger, approach you about um he thinks that the media has a very big part to play in this that he thinks that the media could do a much better job of educating about language and about transness and we just aren't there yet and I agree I I mean the media is not perfect but representation matters we know that yeah and the more we talk about it, the more we see it on TV, the more we see trans characters interacting with each other and interacting with their families, the more we will pick up on that language piece. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. But I do think like we're still evolving. We're still, um, uh, w- this is still a road ahead of us and we kind of, for good or bad, um, are all at different points and have to meet each other where we are and give everybody grace because change takes time and education takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, so I do think it's not going to be, um, you know, a, next year everybody's going to get it and get the language and be on board and we're going to see reflections and positive role models in the media as much as that would be amazing. So I think it's going to require... Um, a lot of talking and education and honest conversations and positive portrayals and it's going to be a while yeah it, it it will be and we need to lead as always with compassion and you know care and love and just with the knowing that we are all the same uh, we are all the same we all you know, are imperfect people and we're just people and we'll get there. It is crazy how like human beings, right? We're all, 
like we all suffer we all love we all cry we all poop like you know what I mean all of it I don't poop I don't know oh I don't know (laughs) but people are like you're black you're white you live in this neighborhood I live in this neighborhood you like boys I like girls like the way in which we separate ourselves when in fact the connective tissue is so much more it's like it's crazy yeah it is um Skylar, I loved, loved, loved Skylar. I loved this interview so much. He was so wise, articulate, and able to use language that painted such a clear picture for me, not only about his experience, um, but how he made his decisions and why he made his decisions. What were some of your favorite moments in the interview you know I think he's wise beyond his years and he's obviously um (laughs) almost lived many lifetimes in his you know he's in his 20s but the fact that he got that and I have said this is a lesson that that I still have room for growth is um that he had achieved achieved right he had done everything you know he was one of the you know, top female swimmers in the country. He had gotten into Harvard. He had incredible grades. He, you know, and he wasn't happy. And he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, because um, he wasn't true to who he was. And he was performing for the outside world and molding to who he thought he should be. And when he did this really, really hard thing to do I would say because the risk right is huge Huge. does your family walk away do your friends walk away does your Harvard scholarship so to make that bold choice but then also you know I was asking him about kind of well what's your hope in your future and he said like I I don't even play that game anymore like all I have is now and setting up all of these you know goals and with the assumption that when I get there I'll be happy and like that's a very evolved way of thinking because we all think right the next thing like oh when I get into the college or when I get married or you know when I achieve this or when I have a million Instagram followers and none of it it's all an empty pursuit right so I think that stuck out to me and then the story about telling his 83 year old Korean Catholic (laughs) grandmother um, and her like beautiful quick you can be a boy you can be a man I get you but the Korean tradition is that daughters take care of their parents your mom no longer has a daughter. I need you to honor that commitment. And the fact that he tattooed um, uh, her words, like on his trans-affirming scar, which is a mastectomy. Like, I just thought that was cool and she was cool. And that was like yet another thing. Like, that's a pretty brave act to potentially be disowned by your family and to have that outcome um you know, is was another great example of, of hard conversations and, and that people, you know, you should have greater faith in, in people's love for you. Yeah. I mean, he, that was such a gorgeous moment. And he does acknowledge how lucky he was to have a, such a supportive family. Both his parents were supportive. Obviously, his his grandmother that was a question mark and she ended up being supportive. Um, And the way that he explained how vital it is that one parent is supportive, you know, and and that I think he said that it reduces 
the odds for suicide by like 50% or something like that. If you just. The amount of these suicides ugh. with kids, uh, it's just like super. Uh, like Heartbreaking. Because literally, I'm sure, that, you know, people say like, I don't belong in the world. Like clearly, I don't fit in anywhere. My family, you know. So it's just, it, it really is heartbreaking. And I also thought, um, you know, I watched his interview with Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes and, um, you know, she's kind of said, what's the one question or which is a pretty common question to ask someone because then you figure out what the biggest intrigue around them and their story is. And he said kind of like the what's in your pants question, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she said, so what's in your pants? Um, and when he... And I was honest that I've always been curious about that, right? Because you're like, how does a vagina go to a penis? How did like you're just people are trying to wrap their heads around it? And then when he said like, in what other scenario do you like ask somebody about you know their genitalia at like a coffee date? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. So did you get vagina tightening surgery after the birth of your children? Or like I don't know what it would be, but I'm like, oh my. God gosh the fact that we all think we can like go there just because you know like it's it's there it's why they call them private parts people yeah I mean it is so <laughs> odd that you just immediately that's the first thing that people want to know um, but I think it's because we identify our genders right like women have vagina men have you know like you're taught that from a little kid yeah, you you are taught that as a little kid, and I think that is one of the biggest lessons that I have had, you know, that it's a journey. Like, gender is a journey, and you don't need to – your your external parts do not have to be a direct reflection of, of who you are inside and what you feel inside. Um you know, some people get top surgery. Some people don't. Um, some people never get any gender reassignment surgery. So I think we just have to keep educating people about this, about the fact that the sign of, of a man is not whether or not um, he has a penis. It's just not. And yeah. get comfortable with that notion because it's not going to. It's here. It's here to stay. Yeah. Well, um, I feel like our very talented sound engineer, Kelly Kramer, like every three months, she's like, it was the best episode yet. It was my favorite. <laughs> and I'm like, we go. but she's no, she's serious this time. Yes, she is serious. She she, she talked was, my ear she off was about obsessed. it. She was obsessed. Yes. Yeah, she was like, oh, do we do a promo? Do we? So um, Kelly spends uh, her days and nights listening to interviews um, as a sound engineer. And she loved the conversation. If you haven't listened, um, I hope you will too. And it's um, the episode in your feed before this. So big thanks to Skylar um, and Google Trevor Project and check out their work if you haven't yet. Um, Skylar's episode supported the good work of the Trevor Project. And Erica, anything else? Well, uh, you know, if you did enjoy what you heard on the episode, either this last episode or maybe even this one, um, would you write us a review? We would really 
really appreciate any feedback you have to provide um, about the show, about your experience of the show. It is the way that people find us and listen to us. They read your reviews and they want to know what you think about this show. So, um, you know, if you could take two minutes out of your day, maybe even right now, uh, we would love, love to hear from you. Unless you want to say the host is an unprepared asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And the producer doesn't poop. Okay. (laughs) If you want to write a kind review, (laughs) um, and if not, you know, just send us a private email that no one else needs to read. (laughs) Yeah. No, what Erica is saying in all truth, um, they do go a long way uh, when other people are considering whether to make time for the show. That makes all the difference. And you guys have been so um, amazing and supportive and loyal and rooting us on. And it means the world to us when you do. So we hope you will continue to share. All right. Have a great week, everyone. And we will be back again next week with another. Oh, it's going to be a good one. You don't want to miss it. Oh, I'm obsessed. It. It's, it's yes, going to be yes. so good. And that's all we're going to say. Okay. Bye. Bye. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.